Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, 606, Tuesday morning, December 20th, 2022. Glad to have you with us right now. You know, you you can look at the glass half empty or half full. Uh, if it's if it's half full, the water is not in liquid form anymore. It's it's frozen. But uh, a half glass of frozen water. Now that the half glass of frozen water is that it, uh, although it is six degrees, feels like six below. Wind at seven miles an hour. Clear skies right now, making it uh, particularly cold. Uh, this is this is good. This is pleasant. This is very pleasant right now uh, in the pantheon of the weather that's about to come. So, <laughs> comparatively speaking, yeah. Yes. So get out now. I mean, you'll be you. You may think what six below, Jack? Six below. I mean, I don't want to be walking my dog in this thing. I'd rather not take my morning morning jog in this. But give it forty eight hours and then come back, <laughs> and then let's talk about that. Okay. Let's see where let's say where we're all at at six degrees with seven mile an hour winds, forty eight hours from right now because not, there is nothing that's happened since we last talked uh, that has tamped down the uh, expectations that this weather situation that is going to impact all of us who are listening right now in one way or the other that it is going to be uh less less impactful less crazy um than than we expected yesterday at this time um in fact probably more so after this is uh after we had a chance to hear more from the people who do this for a living yesterday now mark i know you were on a a media webinar with the National Weather Service yesterday uh, afternoon. You sent uh, you sent us and you re- wrote a story with some of the takeaways from that. Why don't you um, Why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of a summary of what you had a chance to hear well, about that yesterday? Uh, this thing is uh, ramping up to be uh, uh, as cold as we've been probably as far as wind chills uh, since 1996. So you know we're going back 25 years or so. Um, the wind chills, we, we could see wind chills 40 to 50 below on uh, Thursday. Um, now the summary that came out about an hour ago has changed just a little bit. And they're now saying maybe not quite as much snow. Uh, originally they were saying uh, five to eight. Now it's like three to seven possible for our area. Oh, okay. Well, everything's fine then. But okay. Well, no, but leading into it, this is this is where it gets even trickier. Leading into that, we could have some light freezing drizzle before it starts. With so, so then, it, you know, a little less snow, but same amount of precip. That's so, always nice to have a yeah. wind cemented sheen of ice under all of the snow, and that's one of the things that I always yeah, like about and, winter. And, and when the uh, when the temperatures start to drop, it's going to be like you know, uh, like a rock. The um, minimum wind chills are going to be uh, way down. You know, we're looking at Thursday here in Lincoln, uh, a wind chill at noon Thursday of probably 30 to 35 below zero nice. at noon. And okay. and that will only taper off by uh, Sunday. 
you know, we'll be up to on Sunday morning. We'll still have wind chills 10 to 15 below. But uh, by midday Wednesday it'll, or Sunday, it'll start to moderate. Christmas so. Day, yeah. Well, if wind chills back over zero, yeah. uh, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be nice. So yeah, uh, the uh, Weather Service just put out a new uh, graphic. Uh, I think this was the reference that you had. Yes. In terms of the the possibility of snow, now they've tamped it down, but not much. They their latest graphic shows that they still have Lincoln uh, having a 89 per, an 89% chance of getting at least two inches of snow. Lincoln, a 51% uh, chance of at least four inches of snow. Um, so a better than not chance of getting four inches and four inches of snow combined with obviously the wind and the cold would be, you know, you don't need, you don't need 10 inches for this to be a complete crap show. Right. Um <laughs> To, and, j- just to put it bluntly, and the 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 worst travel conditions actually going to be from about uh, midnight tomorrow night through noon Thursday. That's when it's the the travel is going to be the worst. That that's the peak. Although they did emphasize, if I understand correctly, that it's it's really going to be a. It, it's going to be a long period. It's going to be yeah. several days where it's it's yeah, not it, going to be like because the because the snow is going to be so light and fluffy, the the blowing snow is going to continue to be an issue really throughout throughout Friday, probably into Saturday as well. I would, right. I would think. Yeah. Um, and that's causing folks to change travel plans. Our, yeah. our own Matt McMaster moved his flight up, so we uh yeah He's, he got out of dodge. He got out of dodge this morning. Uh, we I are think, uh, yeah, yeah this morning. Yeah, we, getting out of dodge. We made we changed our plans with our uh, with the in laws. We're uh, not traveling this weekend anymore because going. I'm. I mean, I'm looking at the snowfall maps, guys, and into Iowa. It's worse. Where where yeah. Lincoln's got a 51 percent chance of of getting over four inches. Uh, just over the border, Harlan, Iowa, right on I 80, has a 70 percent chance. Uh, Red Oak is a 75% chance. They've got some maps. They put out some maps yesterday. I don't know how outdated they are right now, but they were looking at possibility of eight inches or more, and they were uh, pretty significant percentages as well. And, yeah, we just kind of – we were going to travel on Friday, but even Friday um, where the wind chills are still going to be down there in those ridiculous uh, spots and, and the snow will be done having fallen at that point – uh, but uh, interstate travel is just still on Friday in that direction, at least I think is going to be, is going to be really bad. So we're going to, we're going to play it safe and just change up our plans a little bit. But yes, everything is indicating that this thing is going to be a real bear to try and try and travel in. And, and Friday is, I think Friday, especially, but whether it be Thursday, Friday, just huge travel days for so many people. Yeah. Either by air or, or by car or, you know, some people. Um, Caleb, you guys are going to go back west. Hopefully that'll be not as big a deal. And, and that's on Saturday. So we're still going to, that's far enough out now that we're still going to evaluate that and that just being not as bad going west compared to what you guys were planning to go east. But mm-hmm. still, that's a, now that's a conversation we've got to have as the week goes on, see well, where and, things end up. And and remember, this is going to move on to the east. Right. And so as we get more into the holiday weekend, I mean, we know what happens when these kind of storms hit from Chicago to Detroit to mm-hmm. New York. Oh, my goodness. What it does to yeah, air travel flights. in this country. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. I can, it, yeah. And those will all, all of those places will be affected in one way or the other, too. Yeah. So. Uh, so uh you know just you know buckle up <laughs> buckle up exactly right maybe literally yeah. i don't it, yeah it boy 
it, it, it'd be one thing if it was just the snow, but man, this constant, this constant thirty plus below or thirty minus below zero wind chills for day after day after day is going to get incredibly tiresome. Do you think there's any bread left on the shelves? Man, I'll tell you what. Have, have I we hit that run yet? It's usually uh, the it's bread and soup. The chips. Chips are ones mm-hmm. that, that go out quickly as well. Milk. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if the run has started yet, but don't worry. It is coming. <laughs> did, did we just it, start it? <laughs> it is, it is coming. Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, Wednesday night, I would love to see the uh, the shelves of the uh, local grocery store. a great couple store. days for chili. At the very end of the National Weather Service uh, maps and update, which, by the way, uh, you can access that at KLIN.com in this morning's updates, the latest that I put up here about 30 minutes ago. Uh, but the timing of the extreme cold in the blizzard itself, they're saying it'll start tomorrow morning in the northern part of the state, be later Wednesday as it moves to the south. The peak will be late Wednesday evening through Thursday noon, but the snow will end early Thursday afternoon, but the blowing snow continuing all day Friday. Yeah. So there you they kind of get a... A timing rundown and, and believe me at, at these temperatures uh you don't want to get stranded out in a blizzard oh yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> yeah no there's no doubt no doubt about it um i would be i i, I kind of think um mark just reading the tea leaves i'm going to guess a blizzard warning is coming um that usually comes uh maybe about 48 hours or less right. prior to an event so I that wouldn't be a bit surprised tonight or tomorrow morning i wouldn't be surprised if they do issue a blizzard warning um at least for some areas around us if not all of our listening area i think we'll get a winter storm warning probably first okay and that probably will come sometime today i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that this afternoon uh, if this thing c- continues to ramp up like it's going right now, it's just a winter storm watch from tomorrow night through Friday evening and a wind chill warning midnight tomorrow night through noon Saturday. Okay. Those uh, are the two active ones. And then, of course, your uh, LPS and uh, other schools in our listening area are trying to figure out exactly what to do. Um, it's a little bit of a dicey school situation because a lot of the older kids are taking, they have a final schedule that, at least at LPS, I know, uh, they start today. So the way that they do it is they they have three days where they do like three classes-ish uh, of finals every single day. But that was supposed to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, yesterday, LPS made the announcement that they were going to tweak the final schedule so that no matter what happens, that on Thursday there are no finals because that could put them in a bad situation if they're making the call and the semester is going to end. There are still finals to take. So they've added. I think each school did it a little differently. Um, right. I know I know. for my son at East, he got a final added today, <laughs> and he had a final added tomorrow. So I hope you studied in advance for those finals. <laughs> I hope he studied in advance for those finals. Um, and so they'll they will have they're going to make Thursday. I mean, let I mean, let's not beat around the bush. There's no way they're going to have school on Thursday unless there's some kind of colossal change in this forecast. Yeah, I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but I can't fathom now that uh, now that they have worked around the finals issues i can't fathom that they would have school on that day especially at the end of a break like that so um i would be really surprised i i, I wouldn't honestly be surprised if we didn't hear something about that today uh what the plan is for thursday because that probably makes planning a lot easier for a lot of people too so um but but nonetheless it it still is 
technically on, technically scheduled to happen for LPS. Uh, but there are a lot of a lot of kids. I think will probably have that semester done, whether it's LPS or other school districts, a little bit early here this week. So, all right. Well, there we go. Yep. So yes, yesterday morning, kind of things. Yesterday <laughs> morning, kind of snuck in on us too. Yeah, and then yeah, that we we uh, knew there was a possibility of some snow, but um, from from all the reports yesterday throughout the course of the show. Uh, just a, a tough situation on the streets of uh, of Lincoln. I do have the do have the mayor on the show tomorrow, uh, and want to talk to her a little bit about if the if the pre treatment plan is is changed or you know what kind of what has been the situation and what will be the situation going forward uh, with pre treatment because I think there are a lot of people who are wondering. Um, why there wasn't, if there was, and I don't know if there were some, there were some reports that uh, there were listeners who thought they did see it in some areas of town, uh, but a lot of them that didn't, and kind of why why that might be, could could things have been better if you were doing that? And then, of course, what the city's plans are for, for this whole thing. I mean, if you get to a point, Mark, if you do get the higher ends of snow, right, uh, five, six inches, you, you start triggering those uh you know plowable situations in residential areas absolutely and i gotta imagine this is about as tough a time to find people to work to do that as <laughs> as you could possibly but, get yeah last week's blizzard out in the west they actually had uh, nebraska department of transportation employees from this part of the state go out Going there down there to help yeah so i mean it's it's not just lincoln it's the the, the workforce uh, situation is is a challenge everywhere yeah I will say this regarding the snowfall yesterday, because my daughter is now two. She didn't really get it last last winter. She saw it yesterday, and she got excited, even yeah. though it was just a little bit. And my, my wife's got video she sent me where she's going, Mommy, look! Mommy, look! <laughs> and she went outside, she was like, Snowman? So because of Frozen, and do you want to... Mm-hmm. But then she touched it, and she goes, Ooh, ow! Ow! And we're like, no, 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 no. You got to use gloves. Yeah. Like, you can't grab this snow yet. <laughs> well, send her out Thursday night to check out the uh, snow. See if she likes it then. Hey, hey Millie, you think you like winter? <laughs> you like that Frozen movie? You, you want to ruin that right now? This is what they were going through <laughs> <Yeah>. in Arendelle. <laughs> you, you wonder why Elsa was the way she was? She put up with this every single day. This is what it would look like if Lincoln was freezing the fjords. Um uh, so our, you know our plan is obviously we'll be uh, we're here all of this week and so I got a feeling every every morning we'll get tomorrow we'll get probably a little bit more clarity on what this is going to look like uh and then there is another uh, media briefing this afternoon okay uh, are you going to do that again yeah i got okay. signed up here about an hour ago at the confirmation good Yay. yeah that was great that was great stuff from from that one that you were able to put out at klin.com yesterday so be looking for that if you are somebody who's still trying to kind of figure out windows for travel um you know and those sorts of things which which my family had been doing uh make sure to check klin.com a little bit later today for that um and then, yeah, we will we'll have the latest again tomorrow as we get closer to this thing. And then, I guess uh, Thursday morning, guys. Thursday morning, we got live storm coverage during uh, <laughs> yeah, during that's right during the morning show um, because the snowfall snowfall actually might be kind of tapering off by then. It's still primarily expected to happen overnight Wednesday night in the overnight hours, right, Mark? Yeah, uh, midnight tomorrow night through noon Thursday. It'll be the the 
most of the snow timing. And then and then it's just let's watch it blow around and talk about those wind chills uh, after that. So and drifts, yeah, and snow. Yep, and shoveling mm-hmm. and snow blowing. I still don't have the uh, still don't have the cord fixed on the snowblower. Just realized, <laughs> still didn't get that done. I'll sell uh, you my blower. I got somebody else uh, lined up to do mine this year. Oh, do you? Well, you know, this is going to be one of them. Isn't this? This will be one of them where you go out and you shovel or you blow it, and it's going to be like an hour later. It's like it's going to look like you did nothing. Yeah. So. All right, we got to grab a break at 622. Caleb's got a check of sports coming up next on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, by the way, I didn't give you, we got so uh, deep into the weather there, I didn't give you a a preview of what's coming up on the show today. It's Tuesday, so we have a slew of regular guests today. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us uh, for the last time in 2022. Uh, I guess that's the case of all these guests. Uh, we'll have Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce joining us today at 810. And uh, we'll wrap the show up today with John Baylor talking to him for the first time since the NCAA volleyball tournament wrapped up and Nebraska's run in said tournament wrapped up and kind of take a look ahead uh, to to next year, what the, what the roster looks like, what the questions are uh, about the team for next year are, and uh, get into some of those things with him. So I just want him to break down ne- Nebraska women basketball's newest player right uh yeah maggie <laughs> mendelson comes from the volleyball team over to the basketball team about a week after the season ends for volleyball and has a pretty good night her first night out scores a point a minute and grabs yeah. three rebounds three blocks yep uh so yeah that's what we've got coming up on the show today and and then one more heads up uh i want to keep mentioning this just so you guys are are aware of it uh we are uh we are taking vacation as a show next week uh and but you still are going to be able to hear us uh because we are putting together a uh, our favorite moments of 2022 our favorite conversations of 2022 so throughout the course of the week next week uh you'll have a chance to hear that when you tune in so you might hear something that you're like hey I, I thought I, I heard this, or maybe there's a reference to something that sounds like, hey, that sounds like you're talking about something that would have happened in August or, or something like that. Uh, that is why, but we think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a combination of moments and discussions from the show, uh, interviews from the show, uh, interviews from uh, our various podcasts. Um, I, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of stuff you haven't even heard yet, uh, unless you are a like a super fan devouring all of our content. and uh, Which is awesome if you are. It's going to be... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're going to enjoy it. So that will be happening next week, uh, you know, from Monday the 26th. Well, Tuesday. Tuesday, because Monday the 26th is technically a holiday yeah. here. So t- so Tuesday the 27th through Friday the 30th. Mm-hmm. So no request on Friday that Friday. But then the week after, we're going to get back at it on Tuesday the 3rd. 
for the second is a holiday, but Tuesday the third, we'll be back and at uh, full strength, getting ready for 2023. And by then, ready to legislative go. session will be getting going. We're oh, going to have man. the governor changeover. We'll probably have Pete Ricketts being named a senator. Uh, we'll be uh, into the thick of the conference basketball season. So yeah, you've already we'll, got me tired to come back from vacation. We will <laughs> jump right into it. Things are going to get moving in uh, G- in January very quickly, and we will be ready for it after a little rest and relaxation between Christmas and New Year's. And then I should also mention going backwards a little bit, but we will be here this Friday, regular show, the rest yes. of this week, yes, yes. and of course uh, spend a lot of I think Thursday probably dealing with some live weather coverage on during the show and as needed throughout the rest of that day on thursday maybe even on on wednesday as well uh but then on friday we will uh we will wrap up our time before the holiday with uh, a final request line friday for 2022 and it's going to be um general holiday just just whatever you want going into the into uh into christmas into the holiday break uh that kind of stuff i've already got mine set and ready to go yeah so i think most of it will probably be be christmas music but yeah it's it's uh kind of what whatever you want we played take this job and shove it last the day before the vacation uh yes all right sound off uh it was the series finale for the january 6th committee because uh the people in charge of it aren't going to be in the majority anymore the republicans are going to take over and so they had their final uh public hearing yesterday and announced those much speculated upon referrals to the justice department in a final public presentation members of the house select committee made the case for criminal charges against former president trump He is unfit for any office. Committee Republican Liz Cheney says federal prosecutors are investigating Trump, but the select committee is referring him and associates for four specific crimes. Obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make false statements, and assisting in an insurrection. It is a grave federal offense anchored in the Constitution itself. Committee Democrat Jamie Raskin says Attorney John Eastman is also being referred to the Justice Department. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. And I'll say the same thing that I did yesterday on this. While the referrals do make splashy headlines, um, I don't know that they've got much practical import in terms of a the likelihood or not likelihood of a prosecution going forward from the Department of Justice. They're doing their own investigation. They have been doing their own investigation. They're making their own determination as to whether or not they would go forward with something here. They don't need the permission of uh, of the House committee, um, nor would the House committee not recommending anything prohibit them from doing anything? It's just, I mean, it, it really is symbolic. And, and I'm, I'm going to guess inside the walls of the Department of Justice that they're going to really favor their own uh, their own process and taking a look at the evidence, which they've been doing for a long time, way, way, way over anything the January 6th committee comes up with. Although my guess is probably the most significant thing is they'll, they, there will be some evidence that comes out of that, that, um, if they didn't have that, they'll consider in their own, their own process of this whole thing. And, uh, they've got a special prosecutor, um, that's, that's working on this. And I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll get, I guess what, what we'll see in, in, uh, 2023 if they actually go ahead and, and do something and what the reaction is going to be to something like that. But like I said, 
Like I said uh, a couple of days ago, at the end of last week, uh, this is going to be a wild, wild year. There have been a lot of wild years in politics. 2023 is may put them all to shame <laughs> in terms of the level of wildness among for for a variety of reasons. Um, uh, ruling by the uh, by the Supreme Court yesterday, at least for the time being. Um, do you know what Title 42 is? This is a this is a rule about immigration related to COVID um, that prohibits some border crossings. And uh, there's been discussion about whether or not to let this expire or to keep it in place and what the implications of letting it expire would be. For now, the Supreme Court says, okay. For the time being, this thing is staying in place. Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts, has stayed the ending of Title 42 in response to 19 Republican-led states' hopes to block the scheduled Wednesday end, which they say would bring a migration surge. Chief Justice Roberts has also given the Justice Department until 5 p.m. today to submit a brief to reply to the stay. A decision on how to proceed could come late Tuesday, either allowing Title 42 to expire scheduled or extending the state's injunction, keeping the COVID migration restriction in place. For now, Grinnell Scott, Fox News. So this um, th- this this came about during the early days of the uh, COVID of the COVID-19 um, virus. And, and it basically the CDC under Trump issued a public health order. Um, the the reason for it, at least the stated reason for it, was to stop the spread of COVID nineteen. Um, and you know these were these were broader restrictions at that point, and uh, the, there there were lawsuits about this. The ACLU came in and said COVID nineteen was a thinly veiled pretense to increase immigration um, control on this. Um, the Biden administration has objected to the state's intervention in this ongoing dispute. Uh, they say they're prepared to allow this program to end, uh, but they're but they're still going through this process as well. And the White House said they're going to have more details today on its plans ahead of the uh, potential expiration of this thing. And they they say they claim they're going to the, the U.S. is going to continue to enforce its immigration laws even amid the current influx that's going on right now um and so they've been preparing behind the scenes for for this thing day and what the impact will be exactly um that's the i mean that's that's kind of dispute is there going to be a huge surge because of this um you know the arizona attorney general said crossings are going to go un- unlawful crossings will go from seven thousand a day to as many as eighteen thousand a day if this is actually allowed to expire with this whole thing. So uh, is a, is a real temporary thing at this point. Uh, so we'll see if there's further news on this by the end of the day today. Uh, Elon Musk said he was going to abide by the results of a Twitter poll as to whether or not he should stay as the CEO of the social media platform. Was uh, that actually uh, he, he, uh, he lost the vote, um, but, Maybe some questions about whether or not the vote was fair now, I guess. Elon Musk had created a poll and promised to abide by its results. He asked if he should step down. Nearly 58% of the some 17 million respondents said they wanted him to leave. Musk went silent for some time but started firing up the tweets again. 
Then one user suggested that fake accounts skewed the results of his poll. That user asked that only Twitter blue accounts be considered in polling. Those are accounts that are allegedly verified and cost 8 to $11 a month. Musk replied, good point, Twitter will make that change. Musk had given no clue as to who would replace him after posting that poll. Jill Nato, Fox News. Okay. All right. Hey, good point. <laughs> good point. Let's hey. just have the people who are paying for this uh, this blue check mark that uh, <laughs> that are going to be doing this. So I don't know if he's going to step down or not, but I would not advise making major decisions as to whether you're the CEO of a company based on a Twitter poll. I wouldn't do much of anything in life. I would do more based of that, on a please. Twitter no, poll. More of it. Uh, well, if you do get out and uh, get some travel for this holiday weekend, which is going to prove a little bit difficult for some given the uh, given the forecast, uh, you're going to continue to see those those lower gas prices. Caleb, I've, if you if you go the right place in town now, you uh, you'll see gas prices under three dollars. Saw a couple of them in the last two days, and you'll probably see more of that out and about here in the next few days. The average price for a gallon of regular unleaded nationwide three fourteen, according to AAA. That's down from three sixty eight one month ago, amid lower demand and increasing supply. In the winter driving season, when fewer people are hitting the roads, though drivers are welcoming the cheaper gas prices ahead of the busy holiday travel season. States with the highest gas prices today: California with an average of 4.37 per gallon, and Hawaii with an average of 5.11 per gallon, according to AAA. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. By the way, if you, it might not be a bad idea for a multitude of reasons. If you're at like a quarter, third, even a half of a tank right now, uh, maybe fill that baby up today or tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, number one, not not whether that you want to be low on gas in for a variety of reasons. Uh, number two, it's just going to be really unpleasant to pump gas starting on Thursday. So you might want to do that today or tomorrow. I think I'm going to try and uh, make sure and get that done here uh, in all the cars in the household before the uh, the uh, ridiculous wind chills start here in the capital city. Uh, and then speaking of the uh, the cold. The cold weather, the storm that's coming in, and we've talked a lot about it from the listening area perspective. But again, this is uh, this is an Arctic blast and a storm that is impacting a huge chunk of the country, including a lot of major air hubs. It's a major winter storm that's expected to snarl travel from the plains all the way up to the northeast. Prepare for flight cancellations and likely, at the very best, significant disruptions, delays that will likely persist for days. Heavy snow, dangerous winds may combine to generate blizzard conditions on the cold side of the storm. Warm side of the system features inches of rain. The mid-Atlantic up to the northeast with some wind gusts that could exceed 60 miles per hour. Yeah, and and with the track of this thing, how it's going to impact a lot of these big Midwest airports and then eventually airports on, on the East Coast as well on these huge key travel days. Um, it's going to have a real wide ranging impacts in air travel, even beyond the cities that are directly affected by this thing. But, um, yeah, we were, we were talking here, um, our, our Matt McMaster trying to go home for, for the holidays in Chicago. And he, uh, he did a smart thing, I think. And he just, uh, found a flight this morning instead of coming in here. Yeah. So. I think he, he may have been fine with where his flight was tomorrow, but if anything happened with that flight, with something tomorrow and it gets delayed 
Like, guys, Chicago's going to be shut down on Thursday. Yes. And like late Wednesday and then all of Thursday. So if there was somewhere that you were going to be flying, like for him, he's from Chicago, so that's where he's trying to go. If anything got delayed for his flight earlier in the day tomorrow, he was going to be stuck. So, yeah, it was a smart thing. He moved it up to this morning. Yep. So, uh, all right, we'll have a little bit more on that and an uh, update during the morning drive on uh, what we know, the very latest on the weather situation coming into our listening area. Uh, okay, so if you're a fan or were a fan like I was of what was called at the time the WWF in, in see, my period of really following professional wrestling was kind of in the Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage era um ultimate warrior caught the tail end of andre the giant and those sorts of things but if if you followed wrestling at that time like i did you remember a guy named hacksaw jim duggan okay hacksaw jim duggan uh <laughs> very frequently he, he he usually came into the ring if i recall carrying a two by four and an american flag <laughs> he uh, i don't know if he uh his eyes sort of crossed i believe that was intentional but it was all kind of part of the act as well um anyway somebody he's still around he's still kicking one of the few wrestlers by the way there are so many of wrestlers that have from that era who have passed away uh but he's still kicking uh, and somebody decided, not not knowing, I don't think, who lived there, but somebody tried to break into Hacksaw Jim Duggan's house. And <laughs> a dude who carries a two-by-four around, or at least used to carry a two-by-four around, not a good house to break That's into. That's a mistake. The former WWE wrestling star hasn't been in a match, get this, in over a decade, but he put his wrestling skills to good use when he tackled an intruder in his own home last week. Duggan says a man in his mid-20s, well, he hopped the fence of his South Carolina home and then entered an unlocked door. The wrestler then tackled the intruder, holding him at gunpoint until authorities arrived. Police say the suspect was fleeing a separate incident and was trying to hide out. Duggan did not press charges, but think authorities saying, quote, we would like to thank the Kershaw County Sheriff's Department for their prompt and professional response last week. We are safe with no damage. All right. Bad house to break into. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't break into don't do that. Jim Duggan's house. Um, this is interesting. If you've got um, if you've got kids uh, who got very into the video game Fortnite, and it seemed like a whole generation of kids uh, did kids or grandkids, perhaps you might be interested in uh, in this. Uh, and Caleb and I have been known to fire this game up every every once in a while. But the uh, the folks at Fortnite, they're uh, They've already had their issues with uh, with Apple, yeah. and those sorts of things. Well, they've now uh, had some issues, civil liability wise, in court with some parents who are upset at the way that they believe that they were uh, n- not quite by the book getting some kids to uh, spend their money <laughs> on on the game, and it's turned into. A big settlement, or a big fine, I should say. Epic Games, the developer of the online video game Fortnite, has agreed to pay $275 million in civil penalties as part of a settlement with the Justice Department and the Federal Trade Commission. The settlement, the Justice Department says, will resolve alleged violations of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Epic is accused of collecting personal information, including identifiers used to keep track of players' progress, and failing to notify parents it was collected 
collecting that data. If approved by a court, the $275 million penalty will be the largest ever imposed for violating the children's online privacy law. Dang. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Is there not like in a terms thing that they have to hit agree to? Um, yeah, I'm not. I, see, I don't know the exact details of... Right of this what they were doing or what they were keeping but apparently the federal government didn't like it and so yeah yeah now the tune of 275 mil now the good thing is but like where does that go to families or where well it's a fine it's a fine from the federal government so i'm not sure what the what the it's yeah, like, not like where, a where, settlement so i'm not sure what the law says that they do with those funds uh that come in for a fine like that i i don't have the answer property taxes to that Federal, I don't think the federal government's giving us property tax oh, okay. relief, but <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, they probably do have some dough because your kids uh, all spent uh, $50 on, you know, skins and yeah. different weapons and those sorts of things. It, I mean, it was it was always kind of a model that I'm, I was always surprised worked financially because the game's free. Yeah. Um, well, the it, idea is you get you get people to spend money on in-game things the yeah, entire time. Like it, it, it's free, but there's also things that you can benefit from. Like if you're a monthly subscriber, or if you just want to buy, mm-hmm. so you can look like Darth Vader or Spider Man right. or, right. or whatever. It's it's so intriguing that that model works. Yeah, because you can if you just want to play the game. Right, you can just go on and play the game. Yep. For free. Yep. Uh, all right. <laughs> Don't be this person if you're looking for last-minute holiday gifts for for coworkers, for family, for friends, and those sorts of things. A new list is out of the worst holiday gifts. Please avoid these. Do not be the person that is giving these gifts. Context Logic Incorporated, the parent company of e-commerce platform Wish, surveyed more than 6,000 people from the U.S., the U.K., Spain, and Germany to figure out the worst gifts you can give during the holidays. Taking the top spot, defective items that were bought at discounted prices, <laughs> followed by fruitcake and weight loss items like scales and gym <laughs> memberships. Other gifts that were deemed scales? the worst include out-of-style clothing, Christmas-themed ties, knockoff luxury goods, and political items. And some bad news, <laughs> if you're still shopping, one-third of respondents say they found last-minute purchasing tends to result in bad gifts. Gianna Jolosi, Fox News. In my defense, I don't know what is in-style clothing. <laughs> <laughs> what, defective items? What does that mean? Hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I got you the new iPhone. The screen is shattered, but I got it at a great discount. So here you go. Enjoy. Well, if you don't want to be one of those people, you can go to KLIN.com slash holiday market yes. because we've got a lot of great deals on there. Gift certificates, tickets more, 50% off or more. There's Amazing, amazing Lash Studio, Harbor Coffee House, Greenfields. Um, you've got Dream Team Outlet, Make It, Take It, and a whole lot more. So go check that out at KLIN.com. Political items, not uh, not there. but don't, th- So does this mean the, the, whole, the entire line of Trump NFTs that I got my kids, the only thing they're getting this Christmas is going to, that's not going to be something they enjoy? Well, only if you bad. put it on a hoodie. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a break. 6.55, that's it for your sound off. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is our uh, it's our final chance in uh, 2022 to talk Nebraska news and politics with uh, with Joe Jordan. We are going to be uh, in our best of shows next week of this time. So next time Joe will be joining us. We'll be assuming he can. Will be the uh, uh, our first day back in 2023 on uh, on January 3rd. Good morning, Joe. How you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Good. Are you ready for the storm of the century? Uh, you know how it is. I mean, <laughs> was it prepare for the worst, hope for the best? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, man, our, the National Weather Service is not backing off this one. It sounds bad. It sounds bad, man. Yeah, it does. It we'll does. see. And, and the timing couldn't be worse exactly. in terms of people trying to get from point A to point B for the weekend. I yeah, jeez. I know. It's uh, yeah. It is. It is bad timing. And it sounds like uh, not only but Lincoln, uh, not only Lincoln but Omaha both could uh, see some real significant impacts from this storm. Even if it isn't the, the huge amounts of snow, that wind and wind chill was going to blow it around yeah. everywhere. So, um, so uh, audit of the 2022 general election carried out by the Nebraska Secretary of State's office. The error rate point zero two three percent. Um, apparently 11 discrepancies over, uh, what, 48,000 ballots in the right. audit with this, uh, whole thing. Uh, what, what's the, what's the import? What's the takeaway from this to the extent that there is still discussion and some level of doubt, um, from some about Nebraska specifically and the, the way that their elections, whether or not they are accurate, whether or not they are fair and, and all of those things. Does this, does this impact this discussion? Do you think? Absolutely. And, and first of all, just a, uh, a little addendum to the note you said about the 11 discrepancies out of the 48,000 ballots. The audit that was done by this Nebraska Secretary of State, uh, Secretary Bob Evnen, uh, it was like four or five times more than the audit that they do every every couple of years on elections. Usually it's, it's, a, it's about a fourth of what it was. Uh, not, not nearly as many ballots are tested usually. This time, because of all the election denier talk that's out there, uh, Secretary of State decided to ramp it up and, and, and examine even more ballots across the state. Having said that, I'm not sure it changes a whole lot of minds. If you go back, if we go back to, <laughs> to May of 2022, the primary election across the state, Secretary of State Bob Evnen, uh, who stood by elections in Nebraska for the last several years so that they are safe and secure. He received 44% of the vote, not a majority. He was running against two individuals, both of whom are clearly election deniers. Uh, they've made no bones about it. They don't trust the election process. Uh, they don't trust Bob Evnen. 
but they got 56% of the vote. Um, they got the majority together, mm-hmm. the two election deniers. Now, I've asked Secretary Evnen why he thinks that's the case, and his answer is you'll have to ask them. Uh, in, in effect, the voters of Nebraska, mm-hmm. why, why they voted the way they did. Was it, were they voting for, in favor of the belief that the elections are, 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 are fake and fraud? Or were there, were there other reasons involved in their votes? Just anti-incumbency, possibly. Uh, we're probably, we're ne- clearly never going to know the answer to that. But it is hard to get away from the, the fact, uh, and there was a hearing in Lincoln yesterday at the legislature uh, on this whole subject, and plenty of people... I mean, in, in relative terms, showed up to complain that they don't think the elections are, are, are right. And I don't know, I, you know, Jack, I don't know how we ever get this thing fixed. Uh, it's, it's, I, well, it's going to take a lot of time. I'm, and I'm talking years. Uh, and it's not just for the state of Nebraska, but for the whole country. And, what's, it's, you know, all this talk about voter identification <laughs> is you would think that maybe that will change some minds yeah. about what's, but I'm not sure it's going to hmm. because uh, people are still going to be be arguing that the machines aren't that the machines are fixed. Uh, that's that's the that's the problem with this whole system is that the people who deny it uh, they want a, they want a hand ballot recount of all the hand, all the ballots that are that we fill out. Um, the the time you, you I don't know when you'd get the election resolved. Uh, the time it would take to go through all those all those ballots across the state, uh, it would be I don't know how long that would take. Plus, then you've got to have you go through all those, and then you probably have to have a recount of, of your recount. Right. I don't know when I don't know when the process ends in situations like this. If you're not if you don't if you're not going to trust the machines, and, and I don't know how many people don't, but certainly there's several that many many that don't. If you don't trust the machines. I don't know how you get to the point where you can tell people, hey, it's safe, it's secure, here's who won, here's who lost, and that's where we are. I, I'm i stymied at this point, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, what can you do? You, you counted 50,000 ballots by hand. You had a process that selected, you know, randomly selected districts and, and races, and um, you, had, you had onlookers from both parties looking at this thing and you do 50,000 of them you come up with 11 discrepancies which i understand uh five of them were ovals that were just you, people didn't make the mark dark enough they voted for right, right essentially on on that whole thing and and that was it you're you're right i mean there's not what else can you do besides at some point and i get why i think this is what you're saying like what where can you go besides a 50,000 uh, ballot hand count to take a sample of these to redo it right it's it just at some point it's just about mistrust you i i suppose the thought is you think the the people in charge are lying right yes, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know where else to go though right and and when i say it when i said it i think it's going to take years before we get with past that uh you know fortunately so to speak nebraska isn't one of the main national players in the vote count uh, you know, the, the, the state overwhelmingly votes, you know, Republican. Uh, so in your national elections, the only the question mark we always have is the second congressional district. It gets close. Uh, you know, Trump won it in 2016. Biden won it in 2020. Who knows who, who knows where it's going to go in 2024? Uh, if and when that one electoral vote ever becomes an issue, then Nebraska will be all over the 
all over the map in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. what went right, what went wrong, who's telling the truth, are the elections here fixed as well. But in, but barring that like that unlikely scenario, Nebraska sort of gets hidden in the national picture. But within the state, uh, you know, and the odd part, so to speak, is, you know, nationally, it's it's. Uh, in, well, actually, I was going to say it's Democrats versus Republicans, but but the odd part is the key. Some of the key Republican states that were challenged, um, they, you know, they were Georgia. It was governor was was a Republican. Secretary of State was a Republican. Right. Um, so it's not just you know it's it, it's not just GOP versus Democrats. Um, in many places, it's the GOP versus itself, and uh, and that's kind of where we are here in the states. So, I mean, if you talk to those. The people that were hearing yesterday and that have complained about the elections here, they're pretty much the Republicans complaining about Republicans that are in office in charge of right. stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So again, again, it kind of leaves you, you kind of just hit your head against the wall and you go, where do we go from here? I, until, you know, that, that's when, going back to what I was saying initially, years of, I think it's going to take years before we get some of that honesty back, and honesty not the right word, I guess, uh, believability uh, from all sides back into what's taking place out here because um yeah, I I just it's going to take several elections and people finally saying okay uh I'm good with this but boy it's I don't know when that when that turning point is and and, and I wonder you know what it, what is the listen I, I i i guess i would understand i understand it more if you're in georgia or you're in i don't know wisconsin or something and it's it's uh 5000 votes that was the difference between you know um the uh, trump versus biden essentially right, right. Uh, uh, like in nebraska what race are we pointing at here exactly that that indicates something seems amiss because i can't find, I, I i like i don't know what that would be exactly um, there, there just haven't been con- super controversial tight races in the state of Nebraska that would lend itself to, you know, somebody putting their thumb on the scale, essentially, right? Unless I'm missing right. something. Well, you know, we had two close legislative races, one in Douglas County, one in Lancaster County. The one in Douglas County, uh, it was it was close, but when it was over, uh, the person that lost uh, – Attorney in Omaha, Stu Dornan, Republican. He didn't contest it. He didn't say, you know, the machines were fixed or the count was wrong. He, he just he, he he wrapped it up and went away. Uh, now Lincoln was obviously a different situation. Uh, there was, you know, court questions were raised, uh, but in the end, it is what it is, and the Republican got beat by the Democrat. Uh, uh, other than some very close legislative races, we don't have what, as you said, we don't have that major statewide race where. Uh, everybody gets where it's so prominent. For instance, if it was the governor's race, where it would take right. center stage, or a U.S. Senate race, where it would take center stage across the state, and people would be forced to almost come to grips with what the situation is. But when you only have one or two uh, legislative races uh, in, in, in contested areas of, of Lincoln and, and Omaha, right. it, it doesn't get to that point, as you said, it doesn't get to the point where the public is going to just jump up and figure out how they're going to fix this thing. Right now, it's the, the officials say it's fixed, and X number of people in the state say they don't believe it. I almost feel like they're, you're using Nebraska as a proxy for you know swing states in the next presidential election to some degree. 
Um, the, if, if, you know, if there's, if there's doubt even here, there, there can be, there can be yeah. doubt anywhere on, on, on this whole thing. Yeah. And the, in the, and you mentioned the one <clears throat> that happened here in Lancaster County. It was interesting because, um, you had, you had Russ Barger, the candidate who, uh, it didn't trigger the automatic recount, but there is a provision in state law that allows you to request a recount <clears throat> at your own expense. He did that. He wanted the secretary of state to, uh, do it by hand. Uh, claiming that state law does not does not speak on which way that it needs to be done, uh, the Secretary of State's office said, "No, we're going to do it. You know the way we would do the other ones, which is by the machine count." They went, they had a hearing, and uh, the state prevailed on that one. The Secretary of State prevailed on that one. Uh, technic, it was on actually on a technicality, but even in the opinion, the judge seemed to indicate that on the law uh, would have ruled in favor of the state as well with that whole thing. And but you had a lot of people, you know, you had a lot of people out there who were supporting, saying, "Hey, yeah, we do need a hand count in this thing," which which is kind of interesting because that's what this whole audit. It wasn't on this race, but that's what this audit was. That's exactly yeah. what this was: was going back and checking the work of the machines, essentially. Right, and and uh, having covered these types of stories and and this and the election process for quite a long time you know look at in the end it's always hard to tell you who's telling you the truth right but 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 the folks that make the machines the folks that double check the machines up and down that 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 long line of, of of checks and rechecks and backups and double backups is the is the argument that the machine count is more accurate than any hand count now the hand count people will never believe that I get it, but time and time again, as they go through these process, that's what they—that's what is usually found out—is that the machine count was more accurate than the in, than the hand count. If you want to believe all all that information that's out there, if you don't want to believe it, it doesn't make any difference. Do you think, since this is really at least you know was the as was the case in in Lancaster County, it was a, a Republican candidate, Republican Secretary of State under a Republican gubernatorial administration. Are there still does this still go back to what happened with the Republican Party this year, um, in and kind of the divide and the change of of leadership in the party? Are there still some sort of sour grapes or uh, you know uh, assumptions or thoughts that there is some malintent going on from the I'm old gonna, guard in this thing i'm not going to say no but but a lot of you know just going back to the secretary of state vote in the primary that was all before you know sort of the herbster slama mm-hmm. and then the aftermath with the party officials you know you know in Carney, yeah. In Carney, flying apart. Uh, I mean, lots of those votes in that race were probably cast in you know March and April, even before the before May tenth. So I don't know that uh, I don't know that 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 that, the, that there's a direct correlation there. But it wouldn't okay. surprise me that there's there's some. Although you know the, the party apparatus right now, it, it, while it's while it's still not as firm as it once was, there there are folks that are they've supported you know. They're supporting Pillen going forward. They're supporting the, the, the party going forward. I'm sure there's going to be some incremental changes. We'll probably see more of that next year from the party leadership itself. Um, and it'll be curious to watch that, that play out and how they work with uh, right now the governor-elect Pillen. Um, uh, and then you've got you're going to have a couple of statewide you know uh, Senate races coming up in 2024. So uh, there's a lot. There's yep. a lot of a lot at stake in terms of uh, people believing what they're seeing when they when they go to the polls. I, and again, going back to what I said about voter ID, I don't know that that's that that's going to be the fix because 
again, yes, now you know who's voting, so to speak. If you, if you didn't believe before, at least you, you think you know who's voting, that that's who they say they are. They've got their picture, blah, blah, blah. We can get into the whole can of worms about mail-in balloting and how those people are right. determined to be who they are, and that, that, that fight is yet to come in the Nebraska legislature. There are states that have mail-in balloting and have voter ID, and they think they've got it corrected, and we'll see where that plays out in Nebraska. But, uh, you know, if you, if, you don't want to, if you don't want to believe the machinery, uh, you know, that's, that's where we are. You know, during, you know, 2020, Trump was making the case that the, there, there were machines out there that were flipping Trump votes to Biden. And, mm-hmm. and believe it, you can believe it or not believe it, but, but many, many people did. Yeah. I, you know, it yep. is what it is. Yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays. And, and honestly, maybe it's a it's a, it's the, it's setting up for more of the decision in a Republican primary than it is any kind of a general election and a dispute that might come from that. Uh, yeah. We are out of time, Joe. Always appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this year. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, and we'll be a few days away from the new governor, the new legislature, and a whole lot to get into. Then, so we'll delve well into that in twenty twenty three. Thanks for your time. As always, Jack, and uh, have a great new year. Yep, you too. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. At 726, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. The holiday spirit is alive and well on our sister station, B107.3. But we'll be here when you need us. 1499.3, KLIN. All right, it is time. Let us count them down with your morning drive, starting with... Number five. Weather. <laughs> All right, moving on. (laughs) Number four. (laughs) Lincoln Public Schools keeping a close eye on the weather. Uh, Hold on, let's go. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to include it in the the five and four. This is five and four? Okay. All right, so this is combined. Yep. Man, that was way funnier until... I decided maybe as a uh, as a radio station that is designed to give people information on what's happening that might impact their world, we maybe should talk about the weather situation. What are you talking about? Well, you're talking about weather. On to the next one. <laughs> We're just telling you what you're talking about. Right. Weather, sports, Christmas. <laughs> really save some time to add some commercials Fortnite. to the show. Um, okay, as it stands right now, we have a winter storm watch that goes into effect at noon tomorrow and runs until 7 p.m. Thursday night. The windchill warning goes into effect at midnight tomorrow night and runs through Saturday at noon. So those are the ones that we have in place right now. We probably are going to get a winter storm watch uh, warning or a blizzard warning if things uh, shape up the way it looks like they are. I bet we will. Yeah. Uh, most most likely, uh, yeah. Uh, there is, though, tomorrow ahead of this uh, snow moving in, a slight chance of freezing drizzle between 10 and noon. Then the snow and Super. freezing drizzle, and then uh, that's because uh, it's going to be up close to 30 degrees with south-southeast winds, Augusta, but then all changes, you know, the you know, proverbial all the Hades breaks loose, <laughs> yeah. uh, as the winds switch around to the north-northwest and temperatures start to drop, with widespread blowing snow tomorrow night uh, into Thursday morning. The heaviest probably around 2 a.m. until 10 a.m. Thursday morning. We'll drop down tomorrow night to 10 below, but wind chill values in the mid-30 degree below uh, range as winds gust, uh, you know, steady winds, uh, 15 to 30, dusting to 45. So that'll push our wind chills 35 or to 40 below. Uh, looking at anywhere from 3 to 7 inches of snow 
but the cold is going to stick around. The wind's going to stick around, so we could have blowing, drifting, uh, poor visibility right through until sometime Friday when it starts to, the wind starts to die down, but the cold continues right through Saturday. All right, so the the, the proverbial crap hits the fan uh, tomorrow evening, tomorrow evening into the overnight hours. Right, into Thursday. In, into Thursday. Thursday morning is going to be... Well, tomorrow uh, is the start of winter. Is tom- and tomorrow's the first day of winter? Tomorrow's the first day of winter. I didn't even realize that. Winter solstice. <laughs> it's finally we're, here. We're still in fall right now. Uh, last chance to get that uh, that hay rack ride in, right? Maybe hit a haunted house. Caramel apple season's almost over. Grab you some candy corn at the store for tonight. A final nice fall evening with the family. Last chance to carve those pumpkins. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, my pumpkin's soft. By the, by the way, the solstice actually the solstice actually happens tomorrow at three forty seven p.m. All right. Oh, good. We've got through lunch tomorrow. Uh, so, um, all right. <laughs> What's for lunch? <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cup shaped like pumpkin. Shut up. Um, all right, now go ahead and give your super awful take that you were telling me during the break. <laughs> what was that? About looking ahead to the temperature. Oh, yeah. You know what it is? And I've tended to do this, but I'll tell you what, Mark. I'm already I'm already past this storm, okay? I'm past this storm. You know what I'm looking at? What? The week after Christmas. You know what I'm looking at? Thursday the 29th, 41 and sunny. You want, you want to go a little bit further? Sure. You want to get really crazy? Yeah. This is a always, I think, a fraught with issues to pull up this uh, this no, forecast. Super, super accurate, fraught with issues. But I did pull up the AccuWeather uh, twenty five day. Yeah, twenty five yeah. day forecast. Yeah. A lot of fifties and a few sixties. Mark, uh, just let you know, we may this winter might be two days this year. You don't get to say that when it's literally once, going to be once, 50 below. Once Christmas morning hits and the winds start to die down, jinxed us. Time to time to get let the groundhog out too. <laughs> we we are what like 29 30 hours away or whatever from from winter actually starting and you're already, I'm already calling burying for it. RIP. It was a it was a long hard winter. We hardly knew ye. Well, we're we're packing it all into 2 days. It should be over. Um in all seriousness though, yeah, the, I mean the travel conditions are going to be just just miserable. Um oh, yeah, so. on on thir- on on Thursday throughout the day into into early, I mean throughout Friday too. Uh, my family was going to head east to the in-laws. We're just we're actually going to push that back now. We're going to do a little bit later because even on Friday, um, I just I don't think Mark and and they're looking at higher snow totals to our east in Iowa, and it's just it's not going to be any bet with that kind of snow. This is going to be light, fluffy snow, um, and the winds going through you know Friday, Saturday. Way high. It's going to be blowing snow. That snow is going to be blowing around forever. It's going to be a oh, visibility. Yeah. It's it's kind of that if you've ever driven on the interstate when you've got that really light snow with the wind that's pushing it around, it sort of becomes an optical illusion after a while. I'm sure you've done this yes. where yep. the snow keeps sliding, sliding over the interstate, and you're trying to keep your eye on the street, not on the snow that's moving. Yeah. The uh, the water ratio, uh, I don't know. It's a ratio that they have for, you know, we usually think of one inch of, of, of uh, moisture equivalent to be about a foot of snow. 
this is going to be very dry snow, very fluffy because the ratio is 18 to 1 mm. as opposed to 12 to 1. So uh, at least that's what the forecast was yesterday. So, it, yeah, you're right, that light fluffy. And that's the stuff that, that stays uh, in the air, uh, causes blowing and drifting. It's the one that, you know, runs up against your garage door six feet. And well... It's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be peeking out in a lot of ways uh, Thursday morning, right during our show, um, and so we'll have the winter storm edition of LNK today with Jack and friends because that's when the wind chill is gonna hit that spot that it's gonna set at for uh, a day and a half, almost two days. Uh, that's when the snow is going to be, you know, peaking in terms of uh, the amount that we get. It'll probably wrap up in the midday on on Thursday as well. So. Six to nine on Thursday on this show, guys, could be an adventure. LPS adjusted their finals week for high school, and I believe uh, some middle, no, just high school, I guess, uh, so that if they do have to cancel school Thursday, yeah. finals will have been moved up yeah. through, through tomorrow. My son found out he had a final today that he wasn't expecting to have. That's always great. But the good news is if you study all semester, that's never a problem, right? Uh, right, students? Right? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, yes. Um, but, you know, it, I mean, it, they haven't declared it, and so I don't want to get out ahead of them, but, Mark, it'd be hard to imagine LPS having classes on. <laughs> I mean, there have been there have been days when, you know, three inches of snow have canceled school. There have been days when wind chills of, you know, 30 below without snow have canceled school. There have been days when, you know, slick roads because of ice have canceled school. If we're combining all three of those into one day, I feel like there's a low likelihood that there's going to be school on Thursday. And I wonder if LPS uh, and other school districts will get out ahead of this and, and say something today, just so, I mean... Yeah, it's supposed to hit the northern part of the state, north, especially northeastern Nebraska, earlier tomorrow. So we'll, you know, we'll be able to see it and to see it coming. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Did I miss anything else? I know you're going to be doing another. You're going to be uh, yeah, there's a pub- in with a briefing today from the National Weather Service this afternoon, right? Yep. yep. Uh, there's a public safety media briefing this afternoon. We're signed up for it. Uh, as soon as that gets done, I'll, I'll get something posted uh, probably by, well, it just depends on how long it goes. Right. But uh, we'll keep you updated, KLIN.com uh, and social media, I think. Yeah, and I believe you share that with your extensive Twitter followers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we all hit that retweet and hit that share. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, when I read some of the stuff that you had in that thing, you know, I mean, it was just like, it was just like bullet point after bullet point of ridiculous, you know, well, I just, potentially coldest uh, wind chills since 1996, possibility, I mean, a non-zero possibility of eight plus inches of snow. And your description of all that was? Uh, was worst environment imaginable. Scariest environment imaginable. Scariest environment imaginable. That's all I got to say. Scarce environment, but again, you know, we're still thirty-six hours out, uh, twenty-four to thirty-six hours. So it, you know, you could get a modification in it. Yeah, so in either direction. I mean, <laughs> within three hours yesterday, we had a modification That's right true. here in Lincoln. So. That's true. But anyway, get excited about those forty-one degrees on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Week from tomorrow, forty-one degrees. Cargo shorts are back, folks. Number three. Uh, yesterday, uh, Secretary of State Bob Evnen made the media rounds. He was here at KLIN uh, mid-morning. We talked to him extensively about the general election audit that was done and uh, confirmed last week. They actually did 10% of the uh, uh, precincts in the state. and At least one precinct from every county was hand-checked. Uh, 48,000 ballots hand-checked against the machine count. And out of 48,000, there were 11 ballots 
that were uh, in question. And mm-hmm. six of those, they don't know exactly whether they, they may have been counted correctly because they hadn't filled out the oval completely. It was considered a light marking in the oval. The machine may or may not have picked it up. So that's 23 thousandths of 1% error rate. So pretty happy with the results of that. And said, you know, basically, uh, the election process, uh, pretty much flawless. Good. Good. We need elections that we can all believe in, and I'm glad that they did this. I'm glad that they went through, and it was extensive. It was, um, Mark, I think that came up to about 50,000 ballots that they did this in. Uh, did it across a couple of races. Yeah, they um, did it in, a, in a, depending on the a, a local race, a congressional race, and a statewide right, race. Right, right. I mean, at some point, I know there it, it's a narrative for some people that, you know, elections everywhere are rigged, but, I mean... Come on. At some point, you, you, you've got to, unless you just think the Secretary of State is trying to pull one over on you, at some point, you've got to say, well, you know what? I think the elections in Nebraska are pretty dang, you know, pretty dang accurate and not something that we need to be talking about not being believable in, or, or, yeah. or, or well, the voters' votes aren't being counted or some some stuff I, like that. But, I did ask him about how they how they test these machines out in advance. And he said they're actually they're tested with uh, three control groups of known numbers, ballots, and they, they test them three times. And if there's any issue, they get recalibrated or fixed and all that. But he said every machine, every counting machine, has to be tested three times with a control group of uh, ballots. And he said... It just has, hasn't been a problem. Glad the election officials that we've got um, are, are doing their jobs and, and taking seriously uh, the, the obligation to make sure that we've got free and fair elections and that they're testing it and and uh, inspiring public confidence in them, too, because that's a, if we don't have that, it's a, it's a bad situation. Number two. Nebraska Examiner this morning posted a story, the two-year legal fight not yet over for the loser of the 2020 GOP on GOP legislative race, Janet Palmtag, Julie Slama. (laughs) Really? She did lose her defamation lawsuit uh, against the state GOP, uh, uh, Janet Palmtag did. Aladdin Cass County Court Judge ruled Friday. It was a summary judgment, said she was not defamed. But she has said, according to uh, Aaron Sanderford in the Examiner, that she is appealing. This this race will never die. It doesn't seem like, like a it. relatively low stakes legislative race that has had reverberations in the state within the party was created so much bad blood between two at least at the time Republicans who are probably going to vote the same way the vast majority of the time. It kind of leads into our next topic. Okay, well then does number one you fight within the family yeah fight within the family and americans love their families but in small doses survey of 2000 americans i believe this was done by motel six so there you go all right Uh, 2000 americans traveling to visit family for the holidays on respondents can spend an average of three hours 54 minutes before they need a moment to themselves So set your timer yep. on your phone when you walk in the door on Christmas. You get to four hours, you're doomed. <laughs> Put on your phone, set a, set a timer for 354. It beeps, you're out of there then. 350. One, uh, one in four people say they've hidden in a relative's house to be alone. <laughs> I'm surprised it's that low. <laughs> it's 
bathroom trips. I'm surprised it's that long. Just go, just go hang out. It's the only time of the year that I wish that I smoked cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> number one, to get out of the hot house, and number two, to have some time alone. <laughs> but I think that'd be a bad reason to pick up that habit, so I haven't. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. It's uh, three all right, Granddad. What do you need done outside? I'll <laughs> you take need care. Any work done? <laughs> Does the fence need mending? Uh, all right, we'll take a break. It's Ellen K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. <laughs> Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 8 well, it's 8.09 actually. We had a weird, we had a weird thing. Uh, just super inside baseball, I know, but the com- clocks on our computers are... Perpetually three minutes behind the real time. They're cold right now. They're cold. They're freezing up. Pipes freeze up. You know how that goes with computers. Yep. Obviously, pipes freeze up, and 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 you've got issues that'll slow down your clocks on your computer. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, and so we're dealing with that. So if I ever say a time, I'm trying. I'm I'm just trying to break a habit of 16 years of looking at my computer for the time and looking instead looking at another clock. And yeah, in the two hours of the show, I've not yet done that. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's actually eight ten. It's not eight oh seven. But and I can't. It's not even one of those ones where I'm off on the hour and I can just pass it off as a, I'm saying another time zone. Um, so anyway, eight ten. Glad to have you with us. Let's talk to Jason Ball instead of me <laughs> yeah. talking about my inability to tell you what time it is. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? I am fantastic, Jack. Have you, dri- have you driven on the South Beltway yet? By the way, I uh, I had the great pleasure of hearing some wonderful remarks uh, from everybody that did the ceremony, and then uh, was in the the. Uh, uh, car line of cars that followed the governor on the inaugural okay, how did, drive. What was that actually? I wondered, did they have somebody wave a checkered flag or something or a green flag when it started or how did that work so exactly? Sadly, no, it was, it was chilly that day, not yeah. as cold as it is now, but out on the, uh, uh, unprotected highway, it was also quite breezy. And yeah. so everyone was just excited to get back into their cars. <laughs> and when they saw the governor's, uh, uh, governor's car start moving, we all and just then took the hint and started it. following okay. it. Yeah. Smooth. Good ride. Oh, it's it's buttery smooth out there. I would it hope is, so. It's a beautiful stretch of highway. I would hope so. I haven't bet on it yet, so I just I I was I was curious about it. Maybe over the Christmas break we'll take the kids out there. It's it's so it's so exciting to see it though to to get out there. I just encourage everybody because you can get on and off it now. It is open. Not all of the uh, um, on ramps and exits are. Uh, open yet but uh, go out there do a drive uh check it out it's it's a really nice addition to our infrastructure in the community and and just really sets the tone for where i think we need to be cool. in the future and jason's already busy, busy working on the east beltway so he can't spend too much that's time right. uh he got on the south beltway that's all he's done now on to the east beltway I'm, I'm never satisfied jack uh People have been calling in, and they're like more floodplain talk. So I've got no choice but um, to but to do this. But I do. I wondered if you could help me. Um, I know. I know you've kind of uh, talked about the you know the chamber and and the development position on this. But I guess just give us an update on where this issue is right now. I know City Council talked about it. If I understand it correctly, they've kind of uh, pushed it off for a little while longer. What's happening right now with this exactly? Yeah, it, you know, I think it's I think it's a great example of of the sausage making right now. Uh, uh, you know, I've been on this program before talking about the concerns that we had with the regulations as they were proposed, and 
that we felt the impacts were not going to be conducive to the the future growth of the city in in some cases. And I I won't put everyone back to sleep with that explanation again. Um, What happened last night at council is, and and through the ensuing few weeks, uh, and I want to give credit to council members. They've been very available um, to, I think, everybody on all sides of the issue, certainly to the chamber and members of this uh, business consortium and nonprofit consortium that we're part of. Um, that expressed some concerns, and that consortium has proposed a package of amendments. Uh, I believe it's something like like 11 or 13. There are also additional amendments recommended by by the staff, and so the total, if I'm not mistaken, was 24 amendments were proposed, and I think that's when um, a few council members expressed, hey, we're not quite ready to make a final determination on this and and i think that's um i think that's understandable they want to they want to know what they're voting on um they understand it's going to have long long-term impacts no matter what the the final uh set of regulations look like we would still prefer the chamber to do a more comprehensive analysis of what the costs and, and alternative cost impacts are that may proceed even uh after the regulations are passed in whatever final version that they do so council's taking a look at is it the, uh, so uh, help help me sort of isolate whatever discussion there still is is it still about how far basically the new uh, the, the the new requirements, the proposed new requirements, would extend. Is that, or am I, am I not stating that correct, Jack? I only wish it was that simple uh-huh. to summarize. Okay, it it really gets into uh, hypoth- Just one example of many. Um, the minimum number of acres, if you're going to develop, that requires a channel to be added to that development. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and one recommendation is it should be uh, 40 acres and above another, uh, another recommendation is that it should be closer to, I believe a hundred acres. And currently the standard is, I believe over a hundred. And, and so it just gets real esoteric very quickly. Um, which again is, is why council members said, mm, we'd really like to take some more time and understand this before we finally, because it would seem like there would be kind of a shared, you know, a shared interest with everyone here to a promote development, but make sure the development isn't ruined by flooding. Right. I mean, yeah. like those don't seem like competing interests no. necessarily. And, and so it, because of that, does this, I mean, is there, is there common ground still to be had on, on this whole thing? I, I, you know, I think it's just like any complicated issue. And this is a, as complicated of a policy issue as I have ever seen. There's, there's just many, many stakeholders sure. that have really, um, very specific areas of focus and, and are worried about how it will impact them. That's understandable and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from everyone who's involved in this administration, the council, policy. stakeholders, uh, voters, yeah. uh, developers. Um, no, no one is, no one is, is, is bad in this situation. It's just arriving at what is going to be a, a, um, comprehensively well-informed set of regulations and policies moving forward is just going to be difficult in this specific topic area. What, uh, well, how do you think this kind of, they're going to take a look at these amendments? Um, and so what do we, what, how much is that going to impact the timeline here on, on this whole thing? Do you think? Uh, it's my understanding that what they've proposed is, is at least a two week, uh, delay. Um, 
who knows? It may take more analysis. One of those weeks is going to be the the, the Christmas holiday yeah. coming up, right? So, um, hey kids, so I don't just know. open the presents. I've got some floodplain documents to look at. <laughs> Something tells me council members won't be thrilled to take my call on the twenty fifth. Um, yeah, no. The, uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it's going to be an ongoing conversation. And even again after the regulations are. Uh, are ultimately passed, there'll they'll be impacts from that. On top of that, Councilmember Raybold is moving over to the, the Senate. That's right. And so this was her final That's right. Um, final meeting as a council member. And so we're, we're technically down one member until the um, city council makes a selection to appoint someone to her open seat. So there's there's just a lot of factors that, that make that timeline a little bit sketchy right yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll get an update on that, I'm sure, here uh, maybe into January a little bit. Uh, probably something that's a hot button for you and a lot of people right now. And it's, it's December 20th, so um, you've got people right now who are in last-minute gift-buying right mode uh, and probably will be for the next few days. Um, probably better to go out and get the stuff the next uh, day or two than later in the week for a variety of reasons. Uh, but this is probably a real prime time uh, to, 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 to remind people and to get people to patronize local businesses because, you know, in a lot, and, and of course, a lot of them have online presences, but this is the time that you can get there and get something and have it in time for the holiday right now. Yeah. I, th- I think for everybody who has a Christmas present policy like I do, this is, this is our week to shine. Yep. I hadn't started before this week. Nice, so I'm nice. very proud Man of after my own heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, this is my golden week every, every holiday season. But yeah, uh, I have difficult folks in my family to shop for. I never know what to get them. I'm always looking for resources for ideas and, and again, under pressure too. Mm-hmm. And so just want to encourage everybody do what you can to support local businesses these tend to be our smaller businesses these tend to be the businesses that add um that unique culture and life and activity to our community i always tell people it's a little bit like voting with your dollars in the holiday season right. if you support small business if you support local business um you are telling this community uh, that it can be successful in supporting and sustaining more of them and so we'll get more of that activity yeah. and, and a lot of great you know what even even just this year and it still happens um you're you learn about places that you i've learned about a couple of places this holiday season like i didn't know existed right and turned out to be smack dab right for the type of person who's um you know who who's in my life so uh, those are out there (laughs) they're out there you just you just got to look a little bit and and there are a lot of ways to uh do that um this is your last time being on with us in 2022 look ahead 2023 we'll have a full year with the with the chamber in in 2023 for you definitely uh you know after coming in earlier this year hit the ground running now um tell me about just kind of your 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 thoughts about 2023 going forward um between events priorities all of those things for the chamber in 2023 yeah um well and i have to say first too i'm so filled with gratitude and thanks to this community for allowing me to come back and and serve at the chamber Uh, i can't believe that i'm coming up on a year here next Mm -hmm. month uh so that's that's crazy uh, for that time 23 is going to be a huge year um we've got a massive set of not not just calendar of events but activities that are going to uh, impact the community. We have the air show yep. coming up in August. Um, at our annual meeting in February, we are going to publicly release our strategic plan that we've been working on for better part of the past six months. Mm. We're very excited about um, what's in that. Um, many people are not aware uh, aware that the Rise Women's Leadership Program 
um, at their request and recommendation, became a program of the chamber this year. And so we have added a lot of new events related to engagement in, in women development in, in leadership and then um, got to celebrate um, being the recipient of the Joanne Martin Legacy Leadership Endowment for our annual Women in Business program. Yeah. So um, lo- lots of exciting stuff taking shape, Jack. It's going to be a, a really great year in 23. Very good. And we'll uh, we'll have you in throughout the year to uh, talk about it. Best of luck on uh, getting through whatever the heck Mother Nature has in store for us. The I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess not the way you want it, but you may have some more people in Lincoln uh, that weren't going to be in Lincoln here over the course of the next few days. Are, so, uh, are you and Caleb sleeping in the station tonight? We, I, you know what? I did do that once. I don't think we're going to, but I have done that before. The last time I slept in a station would have been like 2017, 2018. Yeah. And then I missed like the next week of work because I got like just the worst fever. <laughs> there was I was so cold. I did not bring enough blankets. It was a whole. It was about it was station a, fever was a cause. I remember yeah. it was. We had a there was a day in January. I remember because it was a Sunday night. The NFL playoffs were on, and and Kevin Thomas, Cody Thomas, and I. It was one of those nights where it was just freezing rain, the the ice skating situation, and we were legit worried that we weren't going to be able to get here in the morning. And so, brought my uh, brought my air mattress, camped out in yeah. the. But we watched the Chiefs play the Steelers uh, in a uh, in a in a playoff football game. I remember up here in our green room, and uh, and then it didn't turn out to be as bad as anybody thought it was going to be, is usually the case. But <laughs> I live but two blocks that way. I'll manage. yeah, you live here. Yeah, I got a I got a four wheel drive, so I think yeah, it's we'll, we'll figure. It I think out. it's gonna be those wind chills uh that's gonna be just yeah. brutal um that's gonna be tough so why you want to anyway. sleep over <laughs> oh, you, it, you stand we'll make a party out of it we'll there play some go. Fortnite. i'm That'd in great. i'm totally <laughs> in all right hey uh good to talk to you uh jason we'll uh we'll get into it here coming up in in january have a great holiday season and we'll talk to you soon merry christmas guys there you go jason balling chamber of commerce three degrees in the capital city wind chill eight below at 822 you're listening to lincoln's news and talk 1400 99.3 klin I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. It is. He is back. Volleyball season is over, but John Baylor is not over, and he joins us right now on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. JB, welcome to the Jack Attack. How are you doing today? Volleyball never ends. 365, 24-7, but for now, the 2022 season, you're right, absolutely. Sad. And these things happen. Very sad. But, uh, yeah, I tried to institute that spring season permanently, uh, but uh, nope. That was nice. I would not. I wish we were coming into that here in a few weeks. That was always fun. Two seasons. Have a good two champions every year. I'd like that. We and we got the beach season. We'll have to fire it up for that. Fire it up for that when we start bringing the Oklahoma Wesleyans of the world in for big matchups in the indoor beach. Very I love excited it. about what, that. What's what's that uh, NAIA Kansas school that we played? <laughs> I don't remember. That was. Uh, I mean that's a that's a border war. I don't know, but yeah, you throw out the records. I know that. Uh, uh, let's talk about the uh, the way the season ended for Husker volleyball before we uh, we look ahead. I'm sorry, we got to do it. That's why we got you on the show. Uh, yeah, uh, that people o- love insight ten days after. They like that timely, quick 
reaction. <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, don't worry. We're, we're going to talk about talk. how the 2006 season ended and kind of break that down, too. Why don't we chat about the Mike Riley era? I've got some new takes on that, too. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's it's uh, it's one of those deals where it's hard not to look at the end of the season and 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 yep. just how things happen and not say if if Kenzie Knuckles were there, how much does that change yep. things? And I don't know that I don't know that Nebraska's and you know a national championship team, but it feels like they're playing a little bit longer. We she had been a there. shot, and 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 the and the old moons were aligning. We just needed to beat Oregon, and, and Oregon, I'm surprised, lost to Louisville. Frankly, they were absolutely loaded, and we had four chances. We just uh, couldn't finish it. But then when Wisconsin lost, I'm like, oh man. Yeah. All we had to do is get through that regional, and then we had Pitt. We love playing Pitt in the national semi in Omaha. Yeah, and then it would have. These are all coulda, shoulda, wouldas. You know, I should have bought Tesla about thirty months ago too, and then sold about yeah. six months. Ago. And then sold it two weeks ago. Yes. That's a lot. Exactly. A lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas. I mean, what if you know Becky had said yes to the junior prom? I mean, you never know these things. <laughs> a lot of a lot of look backs, but you got to kind of live in the moment and then. Plan for the future. Yeah, I know. I just I, I I felt bad just seeing it all over there with uh uh with Kenzie just not being on the floor, and we knew that was going to happen. Um, and then and then the departure of some real stalwarts in this uh, in this program. Uh, you know, especially uh, Knuckles, Hames, and and uh, and Cubic. It's it's uh you're really going to have a changeover as as significant yep. a changeover you've had in a while, just in terms of who the most experienced players on the team are going forward. Changing of the guard, passing of the torch bring on that number one recruiting class yeah. i think the world herald said, said they were the greatest recruiting class ever not, not just volleyball all time <laughs> any sport any company i mean i thought bill gates had a nice recruiting class when he started microsoft but no the two years ago husker volleyball recruiting class greatest recruiting class of all time and you know they they've just uh, they haven't uh, yet uh, met uh, those lofty expectations. I'm not sure how they possibly could. Right. Uh, next year, we're going to learn a lot more. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so let, let's get some of the news, too. Uh, Ani Evans uh, entering the transfer portal. Um, is there anything to take away from that in terms of what the plan for Setter is next year with, with her making that decision, or do you think that's just kind of a personal situation one for her? Uh, I think uh, basically Ani wants to start and play uh, in a five uh, one and yeah. play all the time. And Colorado State wanted her. Remember, she was a committed scholarship recruit, and she decommitted and took a walk on opportunity at Nebraska fairly late in her high school uh, career. And, and she's been a, a great contributor, a great Husker, and a walk on most of her career. I think she had a scholarship last uh, you know last spring, but that's about it. And I think you know when she sees Bergen Riley, the number one setting recruit in the country come in and, and Kennedy Orr sticking around. She was the number one recruit in the country two years ago. I think she's realizing, hey, I want to go to a place where I can play all the doggone time. Mm-hmm. And she'll have a bunch of offers of uh, you know, Division One, and, and uh, if she wants to stay closer to home, you know, Carney and places like that, I'm sure. But she's I'm sure she's getting a lot of phone calls. Yeah, um, and and got it. Ended up getting a ton of experience this year too, a ton of playing yeah. time, uh, which maybe you didn't expect, given that there was some depth at that position. Um, I I don't know. Do you think is is the six two experiment uh, over? Is that do you think? Yeah, ECS, it's that's over. Is it it's okay? Over. Yeah. Say, say goodbye. Say goodbye, and uh, you know, 
wave to it, and uh, it was enjoyable while it stuck around. But you know, some relationships aren't meant to last forever. Yeah. So that means you got a you got a battle between the newcomer and the and the previous hotshot recruit to be the center. Then, right? Exactly. And I'm I admire Kennedy for for sticking around. It's, it's been a, a yeah. rocky road uh, for her, and she's thinking and she sees you know who's coming in. Bergen Riley hasn't just been the starting setter for the junior national team. She has set at times for the national team. She's been setting like thirty two year olds and thirty three year olds, uh, not at length, but they had. Some uh, injury hey, issues. At the, sets, the I'll be impressed when she starts setting 63-year-olds, okay? Yeah, exactly. I mean, she goes over to Milder Manor and uh, and gets there. <laughs> and, and, and Gertrude is throwing down kills because of perfect yep. sets from her. That's when I'll be impressed. Hey, hey, absolutely crazy. If you, you, uh, you set to the outside and, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> How is <laughs> I can't think of. I can't believe it. my grandmother's been gone 20 years, and I can't think of any of her friends' names. Mildred. Uh, Harriet. 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 Yeah, Mildred's go. a big if one. You, yeah. If you bump that Harriet on the right, she terminates. You know you're probably going to do well on the best of three that day. Is there, I've been, I've been, uh, I followed one of those accounts that uh, shows everybody who comes into the transfer portal in volleyball, and I've been kind of uh, surprised at some of the na- Big Ten names that I recognize. Um, you know, Mac Petraza from Ohio State was a big one. Uh, Weenus from Minnesota is is uh, another uh, pretty big name. I think there might have been a few others as well. Ohio State, I think, had a had a yes, couple I'm of them. Starting a new school, it's called Portal Tech. Seriously, it's all the nomads who don't find a place, we're gonna we're gonna put together all uh, a, a great program. I think it's easier to keep track of those players not in the portal at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just. It's just well, stunning. I mean, I the know it's crazy sport. in football, but I'm learning watching yeah. this in volleyball. It's it's uh, there is a ton in volleyball too. Yeah, and the reason is that these uh, head coaches have recruited these freshmen, and you've got to make these commitments early. I mean, you reach out to them as eighth graders, and they they sign as juniors in high school, and then you find out your 23 year olds want to stick around. Well, you you you, you somebody's not going to get a full scholarship, and at least at Ohio State, Jen Flynn Oldenburg is saying, you know, you 23-year-olds who led us to the promised land nearly to a national championship, you're out, and uh, you're welcome to stick around, but we don't have any money for you. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State, for an in-state kid, is probably 25 grand a year, 24 grand a year. For an out-of-state kid, it's like 60 grand a year, so it's a non-issue. I mean, Pedraza's, I think, from Ohio, Gabby Gonzalez, I think. Think so. Half of them are in state, half of them are out of state. Um, Kylie Mears from Indiana, so she'd be paying sixty grand a year. So you have one of the top liberos in the country on the market uh, right now, waiting for a you know full tuition opportunity. But I think it's I I think it's a really wise choice for four year kids at one school to think about spending a fifth year somewhere else. You get basically a master's paid for. You have a totally unique experience, and you put off adulthood. Adulthood mm-hmm. can be overrated. I mean, I know sitting in a cubicle sounds enticing and tantalizing. However, college life, I think, has some advantages, especially if you're starting at a Division One top 20 uh, college. But when you stick around for a fifth year at the same school, it doesn't always work out. Not everyone has that Logan, Logan Eggleston experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JB, I think we'll see that the numbers in that transfer portal go down in a couple of years once we get away from that those COVID-eligible older players that are – taking up those scholarships that then they have no room for them, like what you're seeing at Ohio State, like what well, we saw with Kayla Caffey a year ago. You're, you're right. They, they do uh, 
augment the numbers a little bit. They increase the numbers a little bit. But I think this mentality is here, uh, Caleb. I, I just think when when a kid doesn't get everything go her way or, or in football his way, I mean, they immediately start testing the, the, the portal. And you're seeing a lot of kids not finding a, a, a destination. And I don't know where they end up. Maybe they go to a JUCO. Maybe they quit the sport. But volleyball, thankfully, doesn't have quite so many numbers. But it's just stunning how many kids immediately think, you know what, let's not stick around. Let's Let's try something new. Now, these fifth-year kids who are the COVID kids, that's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But I think even in the future, and I mean, even start like Skylar Fields at Texas. I mean, what was her problem? Was she playing too much? I mean, was uh, did they, did they have her in the lineup too much? I mean, did she transferred to USC. I, I, don't, I think elite players, players that aren't playing, they're all going to think about it. I think you're just going to have less and less continuity. But you're right. Without the COVID bubble kids, it probably de- decrease the numbers slightly. Do you think with you know with the scholarship numbers being what they are, the roster being what there is, is do you think there's any uh, interest? Do you think John Cook will delve into some of that transfer list at all and maybe bring somebody in, or is that not even really possible with, possibly, with the roster situation? Um, possibly. I think a lot of it comes down to Maggie Mendelson. Is she going to continue to play both sports? And Oof. we probably won't know for a couple months. So I think that's an area where the Huskers might need to, to look for some depth. There's just not a lot of depth right now in the middle. Um, but I think on the and the pins were fine, especially with uh, uh, Jura Vicious coming in and uh, you know these top players coming in who are going to be true freshmen. Um, there's just really not a lot of scholarship opportunity. The one the one position you might think about is middle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, with somebody else to team up. Yeah, because you're losing Caitlin Horde, Mendelson, especially if Mendelson mm-hmm. would go one sport only, and who else kind of teams up with Beck Alec going forward? Hey, Horde has got a decent middle in the portal. Excellent point. Yeah. Uh, Kiana, mm, Kiara, yeah. I try to forget their names after they have a winning <laughs> kill against Nebraska. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a sign of the time. She gets the winning kill, and, you know, within a couple of days. I mean, just, you wonder, uh, like, these football teams that go to bowl games. It's kind of inconvenient for these portal kids. You know, oh, heck, what do I do now? Do I have to stick around and play this doggone bowl, or can I get to that portal right away and get rolling? Yeah, well, a lot of them so, don't. Yeah. The mentality, and like the moment the season's over, you're back, you're in the portal, it's like, can you can you give it 72 hours maybe? I mean, just uh, it's a different yeah. world. Here's the thing, though. Is Texas going to take half of these top portal people? You know, what they basically what they did last year again, it worked. I mean, the strategy Absolutely. basically works. And these head coaches now, especially in football but and uh, basketball, but also increasingly in volleyball, they, they are year-to-year basically CEOs uh, looking over their um, their player personnel, their their employee, employees is the wrong word, but they're, they're, they're players mm-hmm. and trying to make decisions. And, and, you know, I think for now, at least in, uh, for the most part in all these sports, the coaches – are honoring scholarships. It's the players that are initiating the effort to go into the portal. And but you know, I mean, Texas and Nebraska are in a unique position. They got all these great players who are proven, and they're contacting uh, them, and uh, they're able to sort of make some choices. But you know, they're they're winners and losers when there's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. And uh, the losers right now are those less than elite eighteen year olds who are trying to find a place in volleyball. They're just with all the the, the portal players available these are proven 21 year olds more and more coaches i think will hold back not offer as many scholarships to high school kids right and instead take their chances with the board 
Hey, uh, last question, which, by the way, uh, seeing Akana uh, have that final serve in Omaha was a, you know, uh, mixed emotion situation probably for a lot of Husker volleyball uh, fans. But, you know, what was fun was was watching uh, Danny Busboom Kelly and just that whole story and the support. Like, where where is she, you know... How close is she to kind of her ceiling? Is she one of the hot, the hot top coaches in the sport right now? Danny Busman Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's an absolute elite coach, and I'm sure she. I know she's been offered a couple jobs. I don't think she's going anywhere. Uh, they love her in Louisville. They're going to jack up her salary. What she's done there is nothing short of uh, unprecedented and miraculous. Not only did they come come from. Uh, you know, a top 25 program every other year to a top five program every year, they're sustaining it. it it's, it's one thing now and then you'll see teams that will jump up for, for a year or two because they get a couple foreigners or they get, you know, something out of transfer or whatever, and they catch lightning in a bottle. This is here to stay. So are they going to take a step back next year? But I, I can't see them falling out of the top 10 anytime soon and don't underestimate dan meske here assistant who was at nebraska for what six seven years as well danny busboom is a great judge of talent and character a lot of those kids she met at you know husker summer camp you know seven years ago before she took the job at at louisville uh she and 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 there wasn't room for the huskers to take them and look what she's done and really taking these kids who are projects ico jones was an unbelievable talent and now she's a refined talent who's going to who nearly carried him to a national championship. She's going to make a lot of money as a pro. So Danny Bussum, we knew she was a great recruiter. We learned that firsthand here locally. But, boy, she can she develop player talent. And people absolutely love her. Parents, kids, uh, she's so authentic. The interview she did at the Final Four, she's terrific. And I, and she's also a role model for you know young women who want to get into this profession and have great success. And I think that's one... That's one, uh, you know, uh, accomplishment that we need to see in this sport is a, a female wins a national championship. She she was very close. Also wore the coolest, like, formal Adidas stripe jacket that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Was that awesome, Caleb? That was sweet. That was very cool. I was like, where's that gear? Was, like, we're Adidas. That was cool. Um, I, asked her, I asked her, what was the greatest rivalry you've ever had? Yeah. Uh, uh, was it Adams Freeman versus uh, Sacred Heart? Was it Nebraska <laughs> versus Texas, or was it Louisville versus Kentucky? She goes, probably Sacred Heart. <laughs> yeah, they take it pretty serious. Yeah, down there, they right? were they were getting behind her at Freeman. I saw they had all the kids. They were you know oh, they were taking oh. pictures. Freeman was was completely behind her. Uh, they spelled out. They took pictures and spelled out Louisville. It was really cool. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Hey, last but not least, uh, and I mentioned you know of course you got you've got seniors moving on. For me, I think the weirdest thing, and and not at all to to uh, minimize, you know, what Knuckles, what Cubic, uh, what some of the others meant to the program. But man, it is going to be so weird not seeing Nicklin Hames play on this volleyball team. JB, it feels like an entire generation basically of she's watching her play volleyball. I think, I think her first year she was setting Allison Weston. I mean, yeah, she right. has been around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Michaela Fecky on the outside, 2018, Stanford and Nebraska. Yep. Oh. The, yep. the wounds are still fresh. Yep. But uh, that, that was little Nicklin Hames uh, five years ago. I remember as an eighth grader, she won a uh, state championship So mm-hmm. uh, in high school. So, uh, yeah, she. I think she said her Twitter goodbye the other day. And, yep. But she'll be around as a, as a graduate assistant. But 
not in uniform. Yeah, uh, and that's cool. I uh, can't wait to see what's next for her. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was a, that was a, a bummer to see, and it's just going to be bizarre not having her on the court. You got all forward. these girls named Nicklin across the state. Probably. That's probably. So yeah, that's the kind of impact she she's got to be a top five all time most popular Husker. A hundred percent. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Total rock star. Yeah. She, she can post, hey, I'm still right-handed. Well, you know, Everyone's like, 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 <laughs> like, like. Everyone's just going, no, like, like, fever. She told me, she's probably told you this too, but I, I had her on um, my podcast a while back and, and uh, nice. she was saying her, her, uh, the, her boyfriend who plays on the football team, she said she'll go out in public with him and uh, he always has to end up, people will always hand him their phone to take a picture with Nicklin all of the Aww. time. So he is the designated, uh, designated photographer and she's like, uh, I think sometimes he's like, he wants to say that he plays football, but no. I no. try to tell, I try to tell these volleyball players, date the accountants, but they never <laughs> <laughs> future CPAs, future engineers, but they're always, you know, dating right tackles. Oh, well, <laughs> you never listen. All right. Hey, I try. Good to talk to you, JB. We will uh, we'll get back at it in 2023 here in a couple weeks. Have a uh, have a safe, good holiday season, and we'll check in again soon. Thanks for joining Merry us this Christmas, year. Merry Christmas. Date an accountant. Encourage your kids to do the same. <laughs> go, go There's not a radio guy. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show after this on K. KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Look ahead time. Tomorrow, final What Chapter on Wednesday of 2022 is we're going to be uh, doing best of the week after that. So, final with Chap Shad, Mayor Larry and Gaylor Bear joins us tomorrow. More on the forecast uh, as it might change today. We'll get you the latest on that, especially for those of you who are interested in travel situations. Thursday, live storm coverage, 6 to 9, wall to wall. Be ready for that. Uh, Friday, request line Friday. It is uh, open holiday season. Uh, so, whatever you want to hear as we go into Christmas, uh, you know. I assume it's going to be mostly Christmas There's holiday music. There's some good music, stuff in there. So we already got some good stuff. And uh, then next week we're going best of. And so we, uh, I think you're going to enjoy that too. So see you tomorrow. Have a good day. Stay warm. It is 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.